Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One as we play Matchmaker here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. And this week, we lay out possibilities for some of the notable names from this past Saturday's UFC Fight Island 6 event that saw Brian Ortega return after nearly two years away to absolutely dominate the Korean Zombie for 25 minutes. I am Mike Heck, and of course, I do not do this alone. Joining me in this venture is the Prince of Positivity, the co-matchmaker, my co-host, my good friend and yours, Mr. Alex K. Lee. How are you, my man? What a weekend it has been in combat sports. We have a little more... I guess clearness in a couple of divisions plus a Lomachenko loss. I mean, this is what a weekend it was. Yeah, plus we had the conclusion of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax <laughs> Tournament this uh, this weekend. I mean, damn, and I won't say it. I won't spoil it for anyone. But uh, yes, there was a lot of that action. So really, just the, the peak of sports was 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 happening this week, and is really about to, of course, unfold next week, which I'm you know we'll talk about later. Of course, UFC 254. But uh, Saturday's show ended at a pleasantly early time for us over in north america over on the east coast uh, and probably over on the coast uh and itself was it was a pretty decent show might not have lived up to some of my my pre-fight expectations but uh that that was an intriguing main event that was for sure maybe it wasn't the balls to the wall action that people thought it would have been there wasn't a crazy finish but it was certainly fascinating in its own way and uh, definitely a great moment for brian ortega's camp yeah it was amazing that the two winners of those two massive main events on saturday night all both sort of had the same game plan. Instead of just going out and going crazy and throwing hams, they, they were patient and they were uh, very methodical in their approach. So, I, I mean, I mean it, it's this is kind of an interesting episode, AK, because we have to, obviously, we start with the main event. And I would love to get all hot takey and fancy with Brian Ortega and throw some sort of curveball. But the truth is... We can't, we shouldn't, and we won't. I mean, Brian Ortega's next fight will be with Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title, and anything else is just not even worth bringing up because it makes zero sense. Like, right, AK? I mean, I, I know you like to bring your own sense of uh, fiery hot takes to the table, but not even Jed Mishu can make a compelling argument for anything else, can he? Jed Mishu can make a compelling argument on anything, so let's <laughs> do not invoke his name. Otherwise, he's going to throw. He's going to throw some hmm. dumbass. Thing. He'll bring in some K one guy or something to fight Brian. I don't know what that guy's doing, but uh, no, I, let's not overthink it. He is the number one contender. He has been even in his absence. His name never left the top five of the rankings. 
I don't know if anyone convincingly jumped over him during that time, for being perfectly honest. I, I know a lot. there's a lot of great work done in the featherweight division. I'm sure some people want to say, like, oh, Zabit, uh, maybe even a Calvin Cater, you know, who's been very active during this, during this time, uh, during uh, Ortega's absence. So there have been some big winners. But I just don't think anyone took his spot. So he needed to, he needed to, to beat another contender. He's, he's in it. He did it. Convincing fashion looked like. I think the second best feather, second or third best feather. I should say third, of course. Max Holloway, I still think uh, second best right now. But uh, yeah, the, I, I do not even have any other options listed. Um, like usually, I like to have some alternatives. We've done a lot of matchmaking for other featherweights who have fought recently, so we, we kind of already have ideas for what the rest of the top ten should be doing. There's just it just doesn't make any sense for for anything but Brian Ortega to wait and and uh, have this uh, Volkanovski contract situation just work it out and get this get this fight signed. I bet by like February of 2021, this fight will be like either a week away from happening or at least booked. It's going right. to happen. That's yep. and, and if that Brian Ortega that we saw on Saturday night shows up and fights Volkanovski, oof, that's going to be a barn burner. Looking forward to it. Now for the Korean Zombie, that's when things get interesting, right? I mean, this wasn't like Pedro Munoz losing to Frankie Edgar or. Angela Hill losing to Michelle Watterson. I mean, there is no controversy here. There is no debate. This is a one-sided loss, if we've ever seen one. And there's not much positive to take away from it if you're the Korean zombie. So I'm curious what you think should be next for good old TKZ after Saturday night. Yeah, he has a lot more options. Um, I, look, he, he couldn't – look, the sleep schedule messed with people. All right? The zombie <laughs> had not even awoken from his grave. Uh, I don't know who mentioned that. I, I think our own Casey – I don't know. You, you talked to him on the Pulse Fight show. I think he might have tweeted as well that, that you know, there's some scheduling things with, with the, going on with the fighters in the UFC that, that – uh, sorry, on Fight Island that may affect some fighters differently from others. They're all dealing with the same circumstances. May come from different countries, some different time adjustments, but obviously no excuses. Uh, Ortega was fantastic, and and uh, I don't know why I'm making excuses for Zombie. I picked Ortega to win, so I should I should feel good that, that about it. But uh, Zombie, I like Edson Barbosa, and uh, especially because on a, on a previous show, I believe for Barbosa, I had uh, I had said uh, this was what last week. These cards are yeah. coming by so fast. <laughs> uh, I had said I want I he thinks should fight the Ortega. He should fight the Ortega zombie loser. So I think I think it fits perfectly. Uh, Edson Barbosa, Korean zombie, amazing fight. Uh, two guys who are veterans, and, and I think we'll both have. Uh, I think Zombie will have a bounce back performance against a guy who is I think it's very tough. Um, and uh, other options, you know, maybe Max Holloway, but I think we mentioned that as a possibility for Barbosa as well. So that that fight could happen instead. Calvin Cater, um, but I think yeah, I, I didn't love that. And maybe the Jeremy Stevens. Arnold Allen winner, but I didn't love that either. So I'd say I'd say Edson Barbosa, Korean Zombie. That that's a great, great matchup to me. Yeah, I like that one too. Not my choice, but um, I, I do like that one. And I saw some people say that he should fight the loser of Zabit Magomed Sharapov versus Yair Rodriguez. And sure. listen, we've been waiting years for Ortega Zombie, Magomed Sharapov, Rodriguez. That fight is not done. I'm putting it in the same. Like in the same level, until those two gentlemen walk to the octagon and stand face to face and getting referee instructions, I don't believe that fight's happening. So, that's just where we're at right now. So for me, I'm with you, AK. I want to see a little bit of a step back, not too much, but a little bit. And I doubt Zombie fights again until like maybe the second quarter of 2021 at the earliest. And that's why I, I'm not going with Barboza because he wants to get back in right away, and I think he's going to have at least one fight, maybe two before zombie can even come back so i'm thinking how about zombie versus josh emmett like whenever hmm. emmett's ready to come back tkz will probably be ready to get back in there 
the time frames probably will work out because I mean Zombie is not a guy that fights three four times a year. I think that's the fight to go with. I mean, I do like Barboza if they can if Barboza is willing to wait that long to get a fight of that caliber. I'm definitely down for it. Emmett is Emmett dealing with an injury or something? Yeah, he had uh, the knee injury in the the Burgos fight. So, but he's one of those guys that like heals quickly. He's yeah. So I, I would say like probably by the summertime, Emmett will be ready to come back. Yeah, I think Emmett would love. I mean, obviously that's a huge fight for Emmett too. I think he'd sign out for that in seconds. So, yeah, and I don't and I don't think Zombie would shy away from it. Uh, yeah, I agree. If, if we're gonna wait next year, I think Emmett makes a lot of sense. I'm crossing my fingers that uh, Zombie's ready to fight again. But that was that was a really tough fight. I'd like to, I can't. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the medical suspensions uh, come out this week, and uh, he's got maybe a, a bit of a potentially lengthy layoff uh, waiting ahead of him. And now in the fight that left the best taste in your mouth, AK, the co-main event, Jessica Andrade. Makes her 125-pound debut. She puts away the number one ranked flyweight in the world, Caitlin Chukagian, in the first round. And the question is, one, why didn't you pick Jessica Andrade by KO in your prediction picks? And two, does that performance put Andrade above Cynthia Calvillo, above Lauren Murphy, who must have the longest winning streak in the division right now, outside of Shevchenko, of course, but Murphy's fighting Lilia Shakarova at UFC 254. She's not fighting Calvillo anymore. What do we do with Andrade here? Can we justify, after one fight and one victory, giving her the winner of Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya? <laughs> Kenji Kagan is eight inches taller. I don't know if you know about this. Kenji Kagan is eight inches or seven and a half inches, depending on who you ask, taller than Jessica Andrade. I just want that to be clear for anyone who wasn't aware of that. And I, I, I do not know why we had done the preview show. I had picked Andrade in the preview show. Yes. Uh, and then when I did, actually did my predictions later, I I, I, I flip-flopped. I flip-flopped. I waffled. It just made so much sense that Chukagian would win. I should have focused on the one factor, which I said that Chukagian does not have the power, the punching power of Namajunas or uh, Ioana Jacek. That's where the similarities in, the, in those matchups with Andrade ended. And I should have thought about that because that was a big factor. You, you could see part of the way through the fight that Andrade was not intimidated by the kind of the counter striking and the, the volume striking that uh, Chukagian was trying to throw out there. She just wasn't. She got right. She walked right through it, got into her range, just smoked her. So I don't know. I should have gone with my gut. But my gut has been so terrible. <laughs> my gut for this matchmaking is uh, yes, that yes, she has jumped the line. I, I, I think it's very reasonable for her to fight the uh, Shochenko Maya win only because I think Lauren Murphy will beat uh, Lilia Shakarova, and I think if I think if Lauren Murphy wins that fight, I think she should get the chance to wait, uh, to wait to fight uh, the winner of then the Andrade versus either Shevchenko or Maya winner. So I, I, I if that's what Lauren Murphy wants to do. She may just want to fight again and cement her spot. Uh, you know, she might want to fight again for the end of the year. I don't know how busy she wants to stay, but I don't know if it's fair for Lauren Murphy. Like you said, she's got a long winning streak. This would be her. Uh, why can't I find this? This would be her. Fourth straight win if she beat if she wins on Saturday. And again, not a, not a foregone conclusion, but let's just she'll be favored, I'm sure. Her fourth straight win, uh, 125 pounds. So I don't know if that's fair for her to make make Lauren Murphy fight again. I'd rather see her wait. Um, there's a couple of flyweight matches coming up, but they're just a little too far ahead for me. They're in January. Joanna, uh, uh, Joanna, Joanna Calderwood and Jessica I, and then uh, Roxanne Matafari and Viviana Arujo, both happening in January. Uh, I think Andrade. Not that she won't want to fight. Uh, she might want to fight in January herself, is what I'm saying. You know, what I mean, I don't know if she wants to wait for those matches to unfold and then have to wait for her own, you know, to be paired up. So, uh, the other possibility was maybe Cynthia Calvillo, of course, who you know just only you know withdrew for a COVID test. So hopefully everything's okay with her and she can be rebooked soon. But I think, and I think a lot of fans are just like, let's see her fight uh, Shevchenko or Maya. Throw her in there. She was so impressive. 
I like probably like nine fifteen Eastern Standard Time on Saturday night. I'm like, oh yeah, Jessica Andrade is fighting for the title. Like her next fight will be for the flyweight title. And now that I sit here and like really think about it, I literally have no idea what they're gonna do with this one. Like I have no clue. Like you could certainly throw her into a title fight, and like you said, not a lot of people are gonna complain about it. But the fact that the fact that Lauren Murphy is staying on this UFC 254 card, willing to travel to Abu Dhabi because she found out about this news before she left that Calvillo wasn't going to be there, mm-hmm. taking on a completely out of nowhere fighter who nobody knows that's 8-1, and one, who's on a three-fight winning streak. This is a pretty risky proposition with everything on the line, and she could have absolutely said no. She didn't, so I think that has to count for something, AK. So if Murphy wins next Saturday... And Shevchenko, not the most active fighter on earth. What if we did Murphy versus Andrade? Okay? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, like, there's there's time before a decision has to be made. As of now, I think Andrade will get the title shot. But as long as Jessica Andrade's next fight is against Shevchenko or Maya, Lauren Murphy, or Cynthia Calvillo, all those work for me. If I'm Lauren Murphy, I want no part of that fight. I want no part of the Jessica Andrade I'm sure she's confident. I'm sure she feels like she she could she could beat her. Maybe she could. Maybe she could. Uh, but I just she gosh, she's gonna drive. She's just so dangerous. I don't want I don't want anyone and and and, and, and for any reason would ever want to step into the cage with uh, Jessica Andrade. Even if you're balancing to Shevchenko, I think you have to have some <laughs> some hesitation to step into this. She's just such a such a dangerous dangerous fighter. One of them again, more, one of the most dangerous uh, female fighters the UFC has ever seen. I think at any I think short of Amanda Nunez. I don't know if there's someone who who's uh, a more feared fight finisher. Uh, so. I, I, I'm sure Murphy would not be against it, but I think she'd be smart not to. There's a difference between being being. I'm not saying she'd be afraid of the fight. I'm saying there's, that she'd be smart not to take it. Uh, but she is our again. Look, she's already in a tough situation, like you said this Saturday, facing someone who has has nothing to lose. A debuting UFC fighter who could just take her spot. Uh, but you're right. They're keeping her on the card. Hopefully, that's because they think highly of Lauren Murphy. And uh, I would not be adverse, of course, to Lauren Murphy uh, getting like I said, getting that title shot ahead of Andrade. But like you said, if that happens. That I don't know what they do with Andrade. I really don't. No clue. Like I, I literally have no idea. And I was super confident in Chukagian getting a, a decision win until like five seconds into the fight when Andrade so bull rushed so confident. her. You made me confident. I'm sitting there doing the live blog, and I'm like, I cannot believe Andrade already has her against the fence. It's literally five seconds into the fight, and I was like, this is not good. This is going to be a long night for Chukagian if it happened this quickly, but. Here we are. As uh, I was wrong, you guys were wrong. But then I listened to you. So really, <laughs> I know who, who is the bigger fool: the fool or the fool who follows him? <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's, right. So really, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. Unbelievable. And now we got to talk about one of the big stars of UFC Fight Island Six. I mean, Andrade was a big star. Ortega was a big star. But Jimmy Crute violently puts away Modestus Bukowskis in the first round. Perhaps too much too soon for Modestus. Like I saw that a lot on social media and. I guess you can't argue with that. But perhaps Crude is just that damn good, AK. Maybe he's just a lot better than we thought he was. And now he calls on Nikita Krylov, and I dig it. Not what I'm going with, AK. This is the point where we give Crude, not not saying that, that Krylov's not a veteran, but we give him like a big vet test. Not just a vet test, but you put him in there with a guy that has fought for a UFC title. So I'm going to piggyback off of fellow Canadian, Gregory Allen. Oh. Crute versus OSP. That is the fight I want to see. What do you What do you say, AK? Our old friend Craig Allen, of course, who uh, so graciously gave us his his comment on on Twitter. 
uh, who also suggested a Paul Craig rematch. I don't know if he remembered that Jimmy Crew and Paul Craig have already fought. But the OSP one does make a lot of sense. I'm not against it. Uh, I leaned towards... Let me, I, I lean towards Johnny Walker. I know we've matched up Johnny Ooh. before and, and recently, and we've done it recently. I think we both like the idea of him maybe fighting the uh, Shogun Craig rematch winner. That's on I November twenty. I picked you Anthony. Picked, I picked Anthony Smith, who is now booked to fight uh, Devin Clark, which I'll mention. Which I'll mention as well. Uh, but uh, so w- with that out of the way, I think that kind of frees up Johnny Walker on your matchmaking schedule. Sure. Uh, not for me exactly because I did like again Walker versus either uh, Shogun or Craig. But again, that's a month from now. If they don't, if Jimmy Crute doesn't want to wait, and if Johnny Walker also doesn't want to wait for that, that, that a month away is, is a long time. So uh, you know that match could be made tomorrow, you know, or at least in talks tomorrow, right? And then and then who knows? Announced in a couple of weeks. So I like Crute, Jimmy, Johnny Walker. I feel they're about in the same stages of their their careers, maybe. Uh, again, I, yeah, I didn't care that much for the Nikita Krylov callout. Didn't love it. I preferred OSP over that. And then uh, yes, I thought about Anthony Smith, a Devin Clark winner. I thought about it. That's it. I, I really just thought about <laughs> it. And then, and then my notes and my notes I wrote meh. But but actually, if Devin Clark beat Anthony Smith, that would probably make a lot of sense for, for Jimmy Crute. So so I will say I, I like it more for Clark than I would for Anthony Smith. But uh, I think Johnny Walker. I think that, that's that's a fight people would really like to see. Uh, and I know people will go, oh no, it's too like you know too light heavyweight like up and comers against each other. I'm like that's fine, that's fine. It's not going to kill them to to lose a fight. Uh, just be a good good exciting fight and, and and good for both their careers. I think. I actually like the idea of Ozdemir more than Krylov. Cool. Like Ooh, that's a big jump up. That's a big jump. I mean, I just get, give it to him. Give him, give him what he wants. But I, I'd like to see OSP. I think that's like a a good test. It's a good name to have in your resume if you can get it done. And OSP is like Jim Ross is tougher than a than a two dollar steak. So he might be able to eat some of those shots better than than some others like Bukowskis did. And a big win for him as we go from Jimmy to the more proper name James, the James Kraus. Gets the win over Claudio Silva on just 12 days' notice. It was the first legit loss of Claudio Silva's career. I know he has a loss in his first professional fight, but it was like a BS 12 to 6 elbow disqualification bunch of garbage. So this is like the first legit loss of Claudio Silva's career. But Kraus continues, man. Pickup wins at 170 pounds. He's won five straight at 170. He's got seven straight wins. In fights not at 185 pounds, and fights that he doesn't take on a day's notice, the guy just keeps getting it done. AK, what do we do with Mr. Kraus after this victory? Yeah, you know, Mokiesa, uh, who I think is in Abu Dhabi doing doing some analyst work, he said it on social media. Look, Kraus really is has the pedigree of like a top 10 welterweight, at least top 15. I don't know about top 10, but like top 15, 4-0, 4-0 in his last uh, last four fights at 170 in the UFC. Uh, for people who remember the Devin Clark fight was a very last second fight at 185 pounds so you can't which he might have won by the way i i, I remember that there was a, one of the judges really i passed. thought he beat trevin giles i thought he beat him i'm oh, sorry trevin i'm sorry not devin clark i'm trevin giles uh trevin, trevin and devin i can't be blamed that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes that that was a really really good fight and, I, and one of the judges made an absolute meal out of that uh card so i i don't know it was it should have at least been it could have, it could have been a win for crest or at least a draw i remember one of the judges just i don't know they were out to lunch um so really, you could say he's five and zero, and he's on a five fight win streak. Or, but again, at the very least, four and zero in his uh, in his last uh, four fights at 170 pounds. Uh, so yeah, I think he's worthy of, of a ranked guy. Uh, I don't like the so that's one of the reasons I don't like the Buckley matchup, which also, by the way, sounds like it could have stemmed from a misunderstanding. Do we know? You, you you spoke to him. You spoke to Buckley, right? I spoke to Buckley. He okay. brought up that he brought up the James yes. Krause thing that yes. he wanted to he fight said, him. Okay, we have to. I don't want to sidetrack the whole matchmaking show, but 
he said James Krause contacted – oh, he was told that James Krause had contacted him on Instagram with some harsh words, correct? Yeah, there's some sort of DM that, that, that came Buckley's way or somebody else's way, and yes. Buckley wouldn't reveal what these DMs said. He didn't want to okay. break the bro code. Which is, which is you know, of course, a la Conor McGregor. Uh, but and then and then uh, Kraus was was very vocal about Buckley at the post fight press conference on Saturday, saying he he is not a, he is not fond of him. He's you know Kraus is, is uh, rarely I would say is the kind of guy to talk that much trash for anyone. So it seems really personal. Was James Kraus uh, incensed by a fake Joaquin Buckley account? Did you have you heard the, the possibility of that? I have not heard the possibility of this. Immediately after uh, Buckley's like lightning fast KO, one of those stupid stupid parody accounts. Change their name to walking at walking Buckley because walking Buckley's uh, Instagram is at Numansa ninety four or something like that, right? right? Like it's it is not his name. So unfortunately, that tag was available. Someone changed their name at walking Buckley and was just you know firing stupid stupid stuff at people. And I think may have directed a comment at James. The account has now been has now been shut down. May have directed a comment at James Cross, which I feel like may have sparked this whole thing. So we're going to get to the bottom of this. I don't know. It could be some other <laughs> well, reason. Kraus said that this stemmed from months ago, like way before the knockout. Like what he asked, that, what, it was like six. Holland, it no, might have been before someone, that, yeah. That. Right, because he reached he reached out and said, "Can I train with you?" And I guess like uh, Buckley has Kraus said Buckley has a reputation of like talking trash about a bunch of like his fighters. So he basically said like, uh, "Eat, kick rocks," and I'll say that as clean as possible because yeah. there's a I believe it was get effed was was what Krause's if, exact words what if it was all this fake account though now i have i like both guys so much the thing is i want the fake i want the feud to be fake it could be very very real so uh but i'm just throwing that i i heard someone uh that's someone say like maybe it was a fake account but anyway um what were we talking about oh who should james cross fight <laughs> uh, i like i like vicente luque i like vicente luque uh who i think is still in the top 15 he's, he's right still himself trying to crack into the top 10 so i don't know if luque would like that but style wise would be a great fight i think uh i i just like to see that one go down I'll mention this because I think we have to mention them on the show. I actually think Kraus is a, is a pro- <laughs> you already know where it's going. <laughs> I actually think Kraus is a proper test for Shemaev. I think Hamza Shemaev is after a Mirshert. I think Kraus is the next level up if he takes his next fight at 170. There's a lot of good fights. I'm still not against the Damian Maya thing, but Kraus Shemaev I think is out there. And again, whenever Shemaev wants to fight, they could book this fight next week, and Shemaev and Kraus would both sign on for it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but uh, so I'm throwing it out there, but I prefer, I think Vicente Luque is a more logical matchup. That's just what I see happening. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Let me just, okay. okay. I, I appreciate those who want to see the James Krause get a top 15 or a top 10 matchup. I appreciate that because... He's got a resume. He's got a lineage. This guy's been fighting forever. Like, you know, we, we shout, we give Mazadal this praise for being an OG. Like, Kraus might even be, like, more OG than Mazadal. I mean, he's got well over 100 fights under his belt. The guy is just a gangster. He'll take a fight on a day's notice and all that stuff. The problem is, it's so hard to book James Kraus a fight. And he even admitted that in the, in the post-fight scrum. Like, they're like, I think John Morgan asked him, like, what do you want next? Like, he asks... To, to all these fighters in the scrums, and he's just like, listen, I know it's not the answer you want to hear, but I have like 14 UFC fighters that I train. He's about to, he's training Megan Anderson to fight Amanda Nunes, so you know where his schedule is going to be the next couple months. Plus the other fighters that he has on the roster that have fights already booked, and then there's like half of them that don't have fights booked, but probably will. It's impossible to book this guy a fight, but for the first time maybe in his entire career, he actually p- said a name. It's it's got to be Buckley. It's got to be the Buckley fight. Like I know Buckley's fighting Jordan Wright on November twenty first, but we don't know the extent of Krause's knee injury that he suffered in the fight because he thought he tore his knee in the first round. But for me, AK, like it's very rare we get Krause with a name. So win, lose, or tie, it's Krause versus Buckley till the day I die. After that, I mean, whatever you want to do with Krause, you want to give him a top ten guy. But let's one billion percent see how this feud plays out. It would. It would. Uh get a lot of us you know working on figuring out whether this is a fake feud or not uh which i get i hope i hope it is i really hope this it's real man it seems real i mean buckley started it but i wonder if it was the fake buckley that's because when they when people make these fake accounts they tweet like a lot of people they tweet at a lot of people and then those those comments get retweeted and i don't know and again but obviously cross would actually probably know people who actually know him in real life yeah they're from the same area but i just don't know i now now i'm now i'm worried i hope uh I hope it's fake. It, it, it very well could be real. It very well could yeah. be real. But I think, I think it's I think, real. I think Krauss would, I think Krauss would kill him. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if Buckley's on his level yet. I mean, 185 size would make a difference too. So, oh no, uh, but Buckley, Buckley can fight at 70. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buckley can go down. Okay, he's a yeah. huge 70. He'd be a huge 70. Guys, don't get don't get into it over this fake Twitter feud. Come on, we got to figure out. We got to trace this. We got to trace this. <laughs> oh, it's, I think there's there's definitely smoke. Like Buckley brought it up himself. Well, there definitely is now. I mean, there's words have been spoken in real life yeah. that cannot be taken back now, unfortunately. So, I remember I DM'd I DM'd Jose on Slack. I'm like, ask Cross about Buckley. Ugh. And he goes, what did he say? And I like gave him the link to the article. And he was just like, he asked it so perfectly. He goes, is there something going on with you and Buckley? And he let Kraus tell the whole story. It's beautiful. <laughs> Go. And go ahead, sir. The, ta- yes. the stage is yours. As we move ahead, I mean, this is that was a Shamayev-esque sort of uh, matchmaking, you know, time frame. There, it was like five, six minutes just talking about D. James Krause and, and Buckley. But yeah. I think this might be the time to to go with the name that I think I've been asked about the most since Saturday night. The question I've been getting all over the place: DMs, social media, Twitter. What's next for the silence behind the violence? Jonathan Martinez. Guy gets a short notice fight against Thomas Almeida. Looked pretty damn good. Got the biggest win of his career. And in my mind, AK, this man has won five in a row. I'm like many others who believe he beat Andre Ewell at UFC 247. And I believe, as I've said many times on the show, this exact term, he got the big fat hose job from at least one judge, maybe two. But here's the thing. People ask me this question a lot. 135 is so ridiculously good right now, and it's so deep that there really isn't a wrong answer. I mean, I guess there is, but I I think 
I think we know where he is right now. He's probably like a top 25, top 30-ish guy at 135. I think that's fair to say. I saw some people say, it might have been Jose who said this, give him the winner of Nathaniel Wood versus Casey Kenny. I don't dislike that idea, but I feel the winner of Wood versus Kenny is likely getting ranked. He's likely getting a number next to their name. So let's get Jonathan a fight that could potentially do the same thing or get him like one win away closer to being in that same spot as Wood in Kenny. So how about we match him up against a guy who got the party started on Saturday night? Jonathan Martinez versus Saeed Namagamadoff. Like that's a really interesting stylistic oh. matchup. And I think, honestly, I, I like I don't have like rankings like you have, AK. I have Saeed just on my mental rankings ranked higher than Jonathan Martinez. So it technically would be a step up for the Dragon. But I like that matchup to see like who would be the next one to break out? What do you think? I do have Saeed Nurmagomedov ranked absurdly high. I think because he beat someone good in his UFC debut, didn't he? I'm not crazy. Like, he he came in and had fought tough comp. He fought Justin Scoggins. Oh, Justin Scoggins and Ricardo Ramos uh, That's were his right, first yeah. two years. And those are both very, very solid guys at 135. So I have Saeed in my top 30 already. Uh, he did lose to Ronnie Barcelos, but uh, Ronnie is also a good fighter. So um, I'm, I don't know if I'd rank him higher than... Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, though. No, that's not crazy. I would have him higher than Jonathan Martinez. When you started talking about uh, how deep Bantamweight was there, for a second, I thought you were going to suggest he may want to take a, a break from 135 and stick at 145, where uh, his fight with uh, uh, Thomas Almeida took place uh, on Saturday, because it was a short notice affair for Martinez, so uh, they did the right thing, and thank goodness did not try to make Martinez uh, have to make 135 on uh, with, with little time to repair. So it was a 145 bout. And, and honestly, the part of me, Mike, that said maybe he should consider staying at 145. He did not look small for the weight class at all, though he was facing another 135er. Who, so that may explain it. Uh, he had trouble making weight in his last fight with uh, with Frankie Signs, I believe it was, and he uh, he missed weight real bad. Uh, he like he was not even close. Um, so I'm not sure what went wrong there. But he, he missed weight real bad. So I, I think featherweight is in his future. But if we're assuming he sticks at bantamweight, I'm going to go with someone that I originally matched up with, with uh, Chaz Skelly when he won a fight, when uh, this guy in question won a fight recently. But Chaz Skelly, again, is kind of in limbo. I just don't know when he's coming back. So I'm okay with kind of moving on from this matchup. Um, so I like uh, Billy Quantillo. I think Jonathan Martinez, Billy Quantillo would be a fun one. Uh, like we said, uh, Martinez essentially on a winning streak if we're, if we're being subjective. I think he's on a win streak. Uh, better than just two. I think he's maybe on a five-fight win streak. And uh, Quarantillo undefeated in the UFC so far. So I say throw him in there and uh, let's just let, again let these guys. One of these guys lose their lose their streak, unfortunately. But uh, it would be a very entertaining fight. Yeah, Gavin I, I, Quarantillo versus Gavin Tucker seems to be the direction that everybody wants to go. But sure, I'm, I mean, Unfinished listen, that's business. a good fight. That's a good fight. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the, the, when you got a guy like Martinez, you can put him in there with anybody. Like they're all good amazing. fights. He's he's he just getting amazing. better and better. My goodness. Once that guy can like, I mean, he's got a. He, once you get him going, he does have a little bit of a personality. But like, I don't know. I just he's just so shy. It's just so you, you funny. Didn't, you didn't. You you. He was like a. You you have you have a son. It was like getting your son to say hi to people that he's like not comfortable with, like you know strangers. So they like say hi to your, say hi to your uncle. Say hi to your uncle. And he's like. Yeah, yeah, not right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know that you're like I said. You know the personality's there. You know he seems like a good kid. Uh, uh, Martinez seems like a good kid, but it's just not those those bright lights and being on TV. It's not for everybody, you know. Uh, right. D, D, DC DC again was like that big uncle trying to like, come here, come here. Okay, call somebody out. This is your moment, Martinez. Because I was like, nah, I, I don't know. And then he and then DC doubled down. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to throw a name out there? This is your time. Nah, nah, nobody. 
no, nobody right now. I don't like. He really did remind me of like a young kid at a, yeah. at a family gathering. <laughs> Just uncomfortable at a family gathering. He's like that. So, <laughs> to to move on here, um, mm. I got a little confused by like what prelim fight we were gonna pick, and then like what uh, the wild card was. But we figured I it out. <clears throat> I insisted that this be a mandatory pick for both of us. Canadian content. Jillian Robertson. Yes. Jillian Robertson. G Rob. Good old G Rob. And it's interesting because she was not happy with her performance. But at the same time, she dominated a very tough customer mm-hmm. and Pollyanna Botelio. And she wants to turn right back around and fight again. And she called out Antony Shevchenko, who already has a fight booked. And I went on Twitter immediately after that call and I said, spoiler. I will not be picking that fight. I will not be picking Jillian Robinson versus Antonina Shevchenko. I think you guys, I think you guys know where I stand on Antonina Shevchenko at this point. All right. So before I reveal my choice, AK, this is your uh, this is your suggestion. You wanted G Rob. This is a mandatory booking. You uh, you let us know. You know, it's funny as I was looking over her. Uh, what's next for her? I was kind of looking over the options uh, that I didn't pick for Andrade. So I think Robertson. I, again, like you said, she wasn't happy with her performance. Probably wants to fight soon. But career-wise, she may want to wait for some of those matchups we mentioned. Like, I, I think the winner of uh, Jessica I Calderwood is ideal. Ideal. It's a shame that again that it is January twenty-third, so it is quite a bit a ways away. So uh, Robertson would have to wait until at least February or March for this fight to to, to happen. Um, and same with the Matafari Arujo matchup again, January thirtieth. So I, I honestly think those would be best for her. But you know, if we're gonna go same card. I don't think a fight with Caitlin Chukagian is out of the question. I know Chukagian was essentially then it was the number one contender heading into Saturday's card, but uh, Robertson is right up there. Like I know she's you know again uh, just around the top fifteen, but she has so many wins at, at Flyweight. She just hasn't got that big win or hasn't strung together that big streak. I think it's fair to put her in there with Chukagian and see where she's at. Um, I'm not saying I expect her to beat Chukagian, but I think it'd be a good litmus test to see to see uh, how Chukagian bounces back from a really really tough loss, really disappointing performance, and uh, if Robertson is actually someone who who could even in a, in, if in a competitive loss, you know, could she compete for a title in the future? This is a, this is tough for me. Again, I, I it wasn't could, easy. I could not hate the Antonina Shevchenko idea anymore. <laughs> like, leave Antonina alone. Listen. And it's not her fault. It's not her fault. She got thrown to the wolves right away yes. because, you know, the last name, she had the nice performance in the contender series against a fighter that wasn't that great. And then, you know, she looked good in the Newark fight. But, like, I, I, think, Ariana, I think Ariana Lipsky has a very good chance of winning that fight at UFC 255 and a very good chance of finishing Antonina Shevchenko in that fight, yep. if we're being honest. Like, I wanted, I wanted Shevchenko to fight, like, the Justine Kishes of the world. Like and and even that's a tough fight in my opinion because Kish has evolved so many times over the years. So the problem for Robertson is that loss to Macy Barber is still etched in everybody's minds. Like yes. people are still thinking about that because that was like that was billed as like the show stealing fight on that Boston card, and Barber just ran through her like a Mack truck. And Robertson has definitely evolved and gotten better since that fight, but people still have that in their mind. Even like going on social media, like I tweeted out after the win, I'm like, this is that was that was domination by Jillian Robertson, very impressive. And people are like, no, nah, it's kind of boring. Don't really care about seeing her again, which is interesting. She is kind of like Jonathan Martinez in a way because she's bubbly and she's got the red hair and you know she's not bad to look at, but she's kind of shy and doesn't have that big personality. So I, I have two choices. One, 
Sabina Mazo. Because I wanted Lipsky Mazo. Now we can do Robertson Mazo. I think that's a fun fight. Robertson, I think, is 15. Mazo is probably like 17 right now. So that's a good test. And Mazo is a killer. Fun fight. And the other, if you want to give her a ranked fighter, I like the idea of her versus Montana, Montana De La Rosa. 15 versus 12. De La Rosa's lost two out of three. Needs to get a win badly. Robertson just can't. And De La Rosa can't pick and choose right now. She can't be calling people out. She's got to fight the Robertsons of the world. And Robertson is a tough out. So I think Mazo or De La Rosa works just fine for me. Yeah, De La Rosa and, of course, also a grappler. So, I mean, you have a, a favorable matchup for, for Robertson. Or maybe and maybe for De La Rosa as well. But I think that's why I don't like it. I think, I think Robertson really needs to work on... I work on a striking. That's that's fair to say. Uh, just at least relative to her grappling, her grappling game is so strong that that that's what I mean. I'm not I'm not criticizing her striking as being being bad or anything, but her it's not at the level of her of her grappling. So uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But it's almost too much in their comfort zones, Mike. I gotta, I want to push these push these fighters out of their comfort zone. That's why I like Ma the Mazo idea because yeah. Mazo is going to try to kick her head off. Mazo, for me, I have so far pretty far behind her in the rankings. But also keep in mind, uh, the flyweight rankings are are not that deep. It's maybe it's a very strong division, I, I think. But I, but there's only I think 40 fighters, maybe around 40 fighters. So the 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 difference between like 15 and 25 is not that big. It's like you know it's it's it would, you know it's just it's a, it's a smaller gap than 10 spots uh, would suggest. So uh, I don't I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I, again, it, this was this was a tough one. The flyweight division, we've mentioned this in the past. They've been really good about keeping it moving. So matching it up is actually kind of difficult because yeah. I, 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 I think the matchmakers are doing a good job with it. I, I, I don't feel the need to, uh, to push some of our suggestions on them. So, yep. um, yeah, they've, got, they've, been, they've been given their fighters options. And uh, often the best decision is just to wait, which I think has worked out well for a lot of these fighters. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, we, I think we've, we've given them some good options. Sure. And now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the wild card round. We choose a fighter we have a match made for yet from this card. We do it right now, whether it be a prelim winner, main card loser, a referee, a judge, a commentator. It is the wild card round after all. Of course, I kid AK. We're going off this card, so we will begin with you. Take <laughs> us on this journey. What is your wild card selection? I'll be quick because my wild card selection sucks, and I want to get to our ex <laughs> our excellent reader questions. <laughs> I wanted to match up Thomas Almeida because I'm I'm, I'm a fan of his. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I thought it was a little disappointing, uh, but he's not meant to fight at 145. Uh, it's just not his weight class. He he he's a he's a good sized 135er, and that that's a cut I feel like he sh he can make. He said to uh, I think he told Guy Cruz our own Guy Cruz before that uh, he might stick around at 145 depending on how the fight goes. It did not go well. Don't stick around at 145. Uh, he had the little he had the upper weight class cut, as I said on Twitter that you've seen from <laughs> fighters when they go up. Anderson, Anderson Silva had it when he used to fight a light heavyweight. And, and, and I'm not shaming anyone. He's he's still in phenomenal shape, but there's a noticeable difference between that that 10 pounds makes a noticeable difference for some guys when they when they move up or 15 pounds. Depending, depending on what they're doing. So uh, I just kind of throw out, I, I was struggling. I just threw out Uriah Faber? Is that a fight Faber? I don't know if that's a fight Faber would get up for, to be honest. But no. I, I'm throwing it out there. I think Almeida should, should challenge him. I think Almeida needs to start talking some trash. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't talk too much trash after Saturday, but that is my wild card pick. I struggled with anything else, but only because, again, our readers had really good suggestions, and I didn't want to steal them. So there you go. That's my All defense. Right, fair enough. I mean, it's... <laughs> Again, my wildcard pick was going to be Jillian Robertson. So I'm going with, I'll go with Guram Kutataladze. I think he deserves his due after a fight of the night win over Great. Mateus Gamrot. I thought the judges got it right. I thought Guram made his moments count more than Gamrot did. Like Gamrot got some takedowns and some cool stuff, but I thought Guram won the fight. So Guram can say whatever he wants, but I thought he won. And after the fight, he calls out Islam Makachev, which after you beat a guy like like Gamrod, 
it's not an outlandish request by any means. I mean, he's got the Shemayev connection. So, so what do you do? Because it's really, it's one of those fascinating discussions because now he has this buzz coming off a of fight of the night. Everyone's talking about him. The dude is fun to watch. But do you just fire him in there with a top 15, top 20 guy? Do you give him a fight with the veteran? Do you give him a, another up-and-comer? Like, how do you handle the situation? So I think, AK, let's, let's meet in the middle. We give him a guy who's had some big wins in the UFC, a guy who has slowed down quote-unquote hype trains in the past, and is a very tough test, a good litmus test to see where Guram Kutatalatse is. We haven't seen him in a while. How about Kutatalatse versus Drakkar Close? He had that ridiculous fight with Dariush. Close is 5-2 in the UFC. Tough customer. Probably a top 25 to 30 guy. I think that's a fair and reasonable matchup for uh, wow. Mr. Kutatalatse. Yeah, okay. I, say, it, I do have close in the top 25, which I think well, I think it's a little high. But I would have had Gamrot if he won. I, I'm, I mean, I think everyone's really high on him. He probably would have been at least in the top 35 if he had won. So I, I settled them kind of both in the 40-something range. So it's not unreasonable to say that Kutalatse is closer to that top 25 than than some might think. So I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think style-wise, everything, that's all. That's a good matchup. Man, close, though. Five and two in the UFC, he probably wants to fight someone above him. But uh, like you said, when you haven't been, when you haven't fought for a while, sometimes you kind of, kind of just got to take the matchups that, that they send to you. And uh, there's some there's some heat here behind the Kutatlatse name. And maybe you're right, maybe close to want to take some of that. Yeah, I mean, you just got brutally knocked out by Benil Darius. You haven't fought in a while. You haven't been that active. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. you kind of just have to take it and the opportunity to, to take some hype. I mean, that's what got him over before. Is he fought Mark G. Casey and and, and stopped him. I mean, didn't stop him, but he got a win over him and, and stopped that train. So maybe he can do it again and, and get back up. I mean, 55 is just so ridiculous right now. So, I mean, it's it's tough. So let's get some uh, some social media thoughts and, and comments okay. here from the viewers. Readers and tweeters, I will I will run these down quickly. Uh, Jun Young Park, I want people to I want I wanted people to get see people's input on it. Uh, and I saw just a couple mentions. A lot of it based off, of course. Uh, the, the, what I thought was the tweet of the night from uh, Kaposa at Quebec Hitman. Uh, John Yon Park should be ranked in the top 10 after this. To do this to all caps, John Phillips. I mean, wow. Uh, obviously, a crack at Shemayev. The, the Shemayev hype, which again, this is uh, we have talked about this before, okay? So, uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately, John Phillips facing another grappler. And then a lot of people are making jokes. Oh, you should fight Reese McKee next. Ha 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 ha. So, uh, some some interesting, uh, so just some jokes there for John Young Park, who, who, by the way, I think was one of the underrated stars of the night, not just for his performance, but his showing off his personality. Sure. Uh, Jillian Robertson, someone said, I, I'm saying this to shame this person, at 70 Alley Cat, Alan Turnbull. Uh, oh, I'm not shaming this guy. He wants, he, well, he wants to see a championship fight for Jillian Robertson. Settle down. Uh, I don't, I think it's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> at Greg DiCarlo said, uh, Mackenzie Dern, Greg, uh, Grego, Grego, Mackenzie Dern is booked to fight Vierna Jandarova. So big, big red X there, uh, family feud red X there for Grego DiCarlo. I'm sorry. Jonathan Martinez, we had a suggestion from, a uh, good suggestion from MMA Breck, Rob Font. Uh, I think we've matched up Font a bunch of times. We just want to see Rob Font fight again. Rob Font rules. Yes. Um, might be a little too much for Jonathan Martinez right now, but I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, it's not, not what I would have picked. We mentioned a shout out to our boy Craig Allen for the uh, Jimmy Crute matchup. Tom Ross also mentioning Jimmy Crute. He likes OSP, as you said, and, and he liked the Krylov callout. So, so that's out there. That Krylov fight really could happen. Um, it's not our, not our favorite choice, but there's, there's a buzz about it. <laughs> at uh, Liam at Little Obesity V2 on Twitter, whoever the hell, whoever the hell he wants, referring to Crute, he's goated, only 24, and he's going to bring that belt home to Australia, baby. So, him and the the Jillian Robertson guy should hang out because everyone just everyone just settle down. 
And then I want to give a special shout out to two of our readers, regular readers, regular viewers of our streams, uh, and regular contributors to OTTNO at Mighty Magic Mart. Uh, he wants to see Crute fight Shogun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ortega versus Volkanovski, of course, and then a judge versus Jeff. So he was he like he thought those sorted themselves out pretty clearly. He used agreement. And I got an email. I got an email, Mike. Wow. Uh, you, you you will recognize name name from our streams. Tristan Gordet, who uh, gave us a full rundown. He likes zombie Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Stevens is fighting Arnold ooh, Allen. Arnold Allen. I, I mentioned this earlier. This is where my memory's at. Uh, but okay, sure. Stevens wins. Sure. Uh, crude OSP or crude Craig? What is with this crude Craig? Do people not? Do, are really people that thirsty for crude Craig too? Was there that, <laughs> was there that many unanswered questions? Uh, uh, I love this. One. I actually love this one. Jonathan Martinez, Brian Kelleher. Again, we've messed up Kelleher. I think a bunch of times, but I, that's certainly up there. That well, Kelleher's that. Kelleher's fighting in January against Ricky okay. Simone. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He's okay. So maybe if he wins or or uh, win or lose, I think he Martinez could work out. And Saeed Nurmagomedov. This is one that really caught my eye, and I don't. I think there's no way it happens. Saeed Nurmagomedov, Sean O'Malley. Ooh, damn. Oh, I don't know if they put him anywhere near Sean O'Malley, but I like that. Just thank you again, Tristan Gordet, for throwing that out there, and thank you for the email. So, readers, you guys are stepping up your games. You guys are awesome. Wow. Readers and listeners, I should say. Now I'm thinking about, like, how do you book Sean O'Malley right now? Hmm. Interesting. Well, again, it's kind of got, when he comes, whenever he's ready to fight again, this could be a month or two from now. This whole landscape, bantamweight, is just rocking right now. So that whole division, I have no idea, could look different in six weeks. What if you did O'Malley versus Font? Yeah, damn, you could. God, that's I want to see Rob Font. Rob Font is so good. He's ranked number eleven. People think people so forget good. that. He's so, really good. I mean, I'm looking at the top. I mean, the only the only name in the top fifteen that's kind of like in the same neighborhood as him that's not booked is Song Yidong, which I wouldn't mind that fight either. Fond versus Yudong well. is, is, is a good time. But thank you for the, cooking. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's the best division in the sport. It's the best division Ooh. in the UFC. It is. Depth-wise, it's it, this is the 2008 Boston Celtics of divisions. Spicy for a Monday morning. Come yes. on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's the 08 Celtics of divisions. Oh, no way. Ah. No. Yeah, this is Eddie House. This is this is Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> this is this is Tony Delk. Wow. This is this is all of these guys. This is all of these guys. And of course, we thank you for your suggestions. We want more of them. So bombard our feeds. We do not mind. AK's on the Twitter at Alexander Kaylee. I am at MikeHeck underscore JR. As we put a bow on another exciting mission of on to the next one. Join us next week as we put the pieces together following a six-fight main card-led UFC 254 event headlined by Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje for the undisputed 155-pound strap. Good Lord, I am so excited for that one. I cannot wait. But until then, we'll have all of your... 254 fight coverage right here on mmafighting.com for alex kaylee i am mike heck again don't take it too seriously matchmaking like the sport of mma in general it's supposed to be fun so just have fun thank you for listening to on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it.